And they asked me, do I need to bring a popcorn bucket for popcorn? Sam, you, you, defi- you define need very differently than most. Well, no, no, no. Keep I going. said, Keep if going. you were... I said- <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel. And Sam... We're cramming suitcases today. We are. Welcome aboard to our packing show. We are going to be talking with our lovely guest, Missy, today, who was on with her husband, Jason, not too long ago. And we had a whole discussion offline, meaning not recorded, about you know all of the things that one uh, needs for a Disney cruise and all the things that one maybe thinks they need for a Disney cruise but don't need. And I thought it was a great idea for a show. And so I asked Missy if she would be willing to come back on to talk about packing with us today. And she agreed. And here she is. Welcome, Missy, back to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me back again. I loved chatting with you before and I'm happy to talk about this today. Awesome. And Missy, before we dive into our topic, why don't you remind folks, I know that you're, you've only been on the one Disney cruise, but you have kind of an important background with uh, Walt Disney World. Why don't you tell our listeners what that is? Sure. I've been visiting Walt Disney World since I was a kid, but my husband and I are Disney Vacation Club members and we travel once or twice a year, usually on average. And in 2017, I was selected to be a member of the now known as Plan Disney, then it was the Disney Parks Moms panel, but of the class of 2018. And so I've spent three years um, between then and now helping guests plan their own magical Disney adventures and love Walt Disney World. We loved getting to experience our first Disney Cruise Line vacation and the magic just continued in a new and different way. So it was really neat. Awesome. Missy, let's talk about who's in your sailing party because this might be helpful for other families who have a similar makeup to yours. Of course, we know there's a wide range of people who cruise Disney. So while this show, I think, will be for everyone, there are probably things that we're not going to cover as much on today's show, for example, if you have an infant. So why don't you tell us who who makes up your family? Sure. So it's my husband and I and our five kids who range in age from 20 down to 13. I think we've had around a birthday since we talked last. But. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Why don't we start with maybe some differences between packing for the parks versus packing for a cruise? Yeah, I think packing for the parks, you know, you're making sure that you have all the different clothes you need and comfortable shoes and supportive shoes. I have list that I use. I just keep recycling for all of our Disney adventures. And I even have a list for you know things you need to make sure you have with you in the parks. I don't want to have to go back to our room just because we forgot something. The cruise was much more relaxing. I didn't feel that pressure like that I had to make sure that I had, you know, every I dotted and T crossed, you know, because <laughs> our room was just right there. So we could go back, you know, if we needed something really easily. Obviously, it's a much more tropical kind of vacation. So a lot more swimsuits and cover-ups and sunscreen and after-sun care and that kind of thing, which I guess you need in the parks too. But I don't know, this felt a little bit more laid back to me. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm, you know, when we're going to the parks, I have to make sure I've got my like day pack with me that has, like, as you said, all of the things you're going to need for the day, because I'm not going to be heading back all the way, at least with Walt Disney World, Disneyland, you can head back to the hotel (laughs) pretty easily. But um, (laughs) you really need your day pack of of stuff. But let's, um, let's then dive in, like when you're packing for your family, how many days was your cruise? And then and how many days of clothing did you plan on packing or, or and what would you kind of tell others if you could impart any wisdom from your experience? Yeah, so we were on a four-night cruise on the Disney Dream. We had a stop in Nassau and a stop at Castaway Key and then a day at sea. We packed a casual outfit for each day so mm-hmm. that during we could go to breakfast, we could go to lunch and all that kind of thing. We packed um, a dressier outfit for the semi-formal night. And we got family photos taken that night. So I'm glad that we had them. And then it was like swimwear and cover-ups and things from there. We Oh, and, and our pirate night outfit, which I highly recommend people bringing. <laughs> um, as a mom of teenagers, my kids were a little like, Mom, are you really? Do we really need to do that? But um, I we purchased matching shirts. And I was really glad we had them because it is such a fun and festive 
night. And a lot of people do wear something. Now, not everybody was all dressed up like a pirate. Not everybody had matching t-shirts. There was a little bit of everything. But I would recommend packing something so that you can Mm -hmm. participate in that night. Yeah. I like to wear my pirate Mickey ears, which are from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at the parks. And we like to pack Nathan's pirate pajamas. He has a pair of really cute. um, The top is like a red and white striped with a little pirate crossbones. And then the pants are they're like blue pants. But then one leg has at the bottom half is is brown like it's a peg leg like so, a peg leg yeah it's really cute and then it, it has you always also have a pirate hat and a little parrot that sits on his shoulder so i always bring that for him because he likes to be comfortable he's not a big costume kid and so those are comfortable enough without being like an itchy costume but i love the idea of t-shirts because we tend to go to an adult only restaurant on pirate night i we, i have never <laughs> done I've never done the t-shirts but you I think that's a great recommendation because you do see a lot of families doing a matching pirate t-shirt as you said there are some people who go full out pirate costume there is a wide range and if you're not wearing a costume I don't think you'll feel uncomfortable however you will feel more a part of the community if you have something piratey even if it's just a pirate hat or bandana and not all the ships give out the bandanas anymore the pirates in the caribbean bandanas yeah Yeah, i'm not sure any of the ships are giving out bandanas anymore no they do brian but not on the wish doesn't but i don't but i but the other ships i think still do i'm not positive on which ones do but anyway we all had bandanas from disney I also purchased like a pirate kit thing from Amazon that came with some bandanas as well, the eye patches and the gold earrings, the hoops and things like that. So we had that as well to like accessorize with our little t-shirts. So yeah, that's a great point too. There's definitely other like costume shops, Party City, Amazon, whatever to get that kind of stuff. There are things that you can purchase on the Disney ships in Mickey's main sale for Pirate Night. Sometimes they'll have they had there is a Disney Cruise Line set of pirate ears. There there has been in the past a pair of like goofy ears with a bandana uh, top. So there are things in there, swords even and hooks and whatnot, but they're at quite a markup. So Disney sells those things yeah. for a quite expensive price. So if you want something uh to, you know, if you want to accessorize, it's it's smart to get something in advance. I want to touch back to what you said about semi-formal night and note that the longer cruises have a semi-formal night and a formal night, but all of these on Disney Cruise Line are optional. So you don't have to dress up in the dining rooms. But I I love the idea, as you said, Missy, of having something a little bit dressier than your normal casual outfit because it gives an opportunity for family photos. And if you don't want to pay a photographer in your hometown to take family (laughs) photos, And the whole family's together, you can make everybody take that family photo while on the ship. So it's a smart idea. Missy, did you guys bring any other dressier outfits for dinner or were you mostly in your casual wear um, the other couple nights? So for our most of our dinners, we just wore kind of the casual clothes we had for the day. Sometimes it was t-shirts, like usually Disney t-shirts or a nicer kind of t-shirt or like a polo shirt or a nice top or something. The girls wore nicer tops, but we were fairly casual. I would say similar to what we wear in the park. Mm -hmm. We look presentable and everything, but it wasn't anything formal by any means. And and that's a question that we get a lot, to be perfectly honest. It's around a couple of things around formal wear. One is Disney has different nights. And so it's like, what do I have to bring with me to wear to dinner? And the short answer is bring whatever you're comfortable wearing. I mean, I would say you'd be essentially a little out of place and, you know, some things like you go too far to one end of the casual spectrum, you know, swimsuits and t-shirts into the dining room at night might just be a little too informal. But at the same time, when Disney says it's semi-formal night or formal night, you will see people just wearing slacks and a polo shirt. You'll see people wearing slacks and t-shirt. You'll see people in shorts and t-shirts still. So it's an invitation to dress up. It's not a requirement to dress up. I think in the old days of cruising, and actually there's still a couple lines around that do this where it's like it's formal night. And if you're not in formal attire, mm-hmm. then you will not be admitted into the dining room. That is not right. Disney. I want to piggyback on this for a second because another question we get a lot when it comes to packing is what do I have to wear to Paolo and Remy? Because those two restaurants do have a dress code. And 
for those not aware or haven't sailed in a while, both Paolo Remy and Enchante have relaxed their dress code significantly. So they used to require, I should say, Remy used to require men to wear jackets. And uh, there were some other things that went into the requirements list. Today, it is essentially for both restaurants. If you're wearing nice slacks, a nice pair of you know shoes, uh, a button-up shirt or a collared shirt, a polo shirt, something like that, you will be fine to dine in those two restaurants. Will people be more dressed up? 100%, yes, they will. <laughs> they will be. But there will also be people dressed exactly the way I just described. I don't really love getting super dressed up on board if for one thing, it's like, you know, 80 degrees in the Caribbean and I don't want to wear a coat <laughs> to dinner. So I will wear a polo shirt or a short, short sleeve button-down shirt or something like that to dinner. So you can dress as nice as you'd like. Uh, they have relaxed the dress codes for an enchante. If you want to read more about that or you have more questions, you can head over to the Disney Cruise Line website and they have on their website the dress codes for those restaurants. Yeah. So. And I would say for women, there is a wide range as well, right? So in the main dining, you definitely are fine in t-shirts and shorts. Um, but if you want to dress up in, let's say, a sundress or a cocktail dress, you won't really be out of place in that circumstance either. You'll see tons of little girls wearing princess dresses everywhere. So that will be any night of the cruise during the day, whenever. And at Paolo and Remy and Enchante, I would say, generally speaking, most of the time, most women will be wearing either, you know, a skirt and a blouse, maybe a dress, um, not necessarily super dressy, but like a sundress or maybe a little bit more formal than that. Um, and then you or you'll see women in like palazzo pants or something like that. So something, you know, on the nicer end, but again, smart, casual, not um, formal. Or at least not that's not required. Well, and one other sort of special dress opportunity on board right now is with The Wish for 1923. There are lots of folks who are bringing on outfits for the 1920s, the Roaring Twenties, zoot suits and flapper dresses and, and that kind of stuff. I will say not everyone is doing it again. It's more like Pirate Night. Some people are doing it. You won't be out of place if you decide to do it. Uh, but it was a fun little touch that people started doing when 1923 opened up on board The Wish. But Sam, I got to pause this for a second because we dived right into like, what should you be wearing on board and packing and all that stuff, which I guess starts at home. But I think there's a couple of other kind of higher level questions that people ask us a lot, which is things like, how much luggage am I even allowed to bring? Is there like a weight limit or a number of pieces limit? And I, I don't know if you have thoughts there, Sam, but why don't you, you want to tackle that one? Because we get that one a lot. So Plan Disney actually recently answered this question in March of 2023 and indicated that you may board with a reasonable amount of clothing and personal effects, not to exceed two checked bags per person, but the checked bags do not have to comport with a specific dimension like carry-on bags on an airplane. With regard to carry-on bags, they the answer to the question says that you are allowed to bring one carry-on and it has specific dimensions listed, but basically speaking, it must fit in a security scanner that is exactly the same as the airport security scanners for carry-on luggage, as well as one personal bag. So basically, a, um, a carry-on suitcase and a backpack is totally fine. Uh, we haven't generally seen the port enforce some of these limits, including those checked bags. With the checked bags, they will correspond to the luggage tags that you receive. You'll receive two luggage tags per person. Person. Uh, but if you need more luggage tags, if you ask the porters at the port and give them a nice tip, we have not seen them say no to giving people an extra luggage tag. So the luggage tags are for whatever you want the porters to put onto the ship, meaning what you are not carrying. Your carry-on bag, your backpack that's got your two bottles of wine and you know your medications for the day and maybe your laptop in it, you carry that on yourself. And so that doesn't count towards, um, you know, you don't have to tag that. Well, and we should say one more thing about the porters. But before I do, I just also wanted to say we get the question all the time. Oh, my gosh, my luggage tags didn't arrive. What should I do? It's fine. Uh, we've had sailings where our luggage tags have not made it before the sailing. Just take your luggage to the port. As Sam said, they will be there. They will have tags. They will tag your bags for you uh, and they will take them onto the ship. So wanted to highlight as well, because we do get this question. Well, do I have to drag my luggage on? No, I think we've now hinted at there these porters. And so as you pull into the terminal, the cruise terminal, uh, there will be porters there with luggage carts. They will take all of the luggage that you want them to take onto the ship. If you've got something you want to keep, you keep it, but they will take it. Make sure it's all appropriately tagged. 
And then the next time you will see your luggage is outside of your stateroom at some point during embarkation day, hopefully. (laughs) Um, It's very (laughs) rare that someone loses their luggage, but we are aware of a few times where people have not gotten their luggage on board. Super rare, super rare. A lot of times it's like people who have, you know, gotten to the port very late and for whatever reason, given their luggage over and it might get kind of lost in handling or something like that. But if you give it to the porters, you'll see it outside your stateroom on board at some point later on embarkation day. We had one small bag in with all of ours that was not ours. And it was like really a very small bag and it had no tags on it at all. And it had an Apple watch inside of it. So we took it to guest relations and and hopefully that that person found it, but it somehow got mixed in with theirs. So. Oh no. Oh wow. Oh no. The good thing is, is that most of the people on the ship are honest, normal people who, if they get a bag that isn't theirs, they're going to take it to guest services. And then the person who is missing their bag will have contacted guest services and the two will be reunited. Right. So um, hopefully, we, yeah. yeah, we've actually had, we had it happen one time where we forgot, we put the like tags on our bags for disembarkation, but forgot to actually write anything on those tags. So, <laughs> you know, so our bags ended up just in um, a random spot because they didn't have, yeah, they didn't, ha- they, they weren't with the other bags that they should have been with. Um, but we found them. So no, no harm, no foul. They made it off the ship. They were just in a random spot instead of in the normal spot. Let's go back to talking about what you maybe researched in advance of the cruise. Cause I, I know this is something, this is something we talked about on our last show with you that you, you did a ton of research and that makes sense. You're a plan, a plan Disney person. I mean, of course you're going to do research. <laughs> But I'm curious, there's a lot of blogs out there that tell people, oh, you should pack, you know, these top five things for your Disney cruise. In fact, we have an article on our blog titled almost exactly that. So, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, there, and, and I think some of these are, have really great tips. And some of these have tips that you could, I'll say, take and leave, right? Like they might be helpful sure. for one person, but they're probably not really necessary. And those are the, th- I want to talk about those things first, right? What was something, or, or actually, what are the resources you maybe looked at to try and figure out um, <laughs> what are, are the things I might need? And then let's talk about a couple of things that you read you might need. And then you were like, I really didn't need this. Sure. I read lots of blogs. I listened to podcasts. I searched everywhere for all the packing lists and all the things. Um, I wanted to make sure that we were prepared. And I didn't really need to go that extensive. I think part of my part of it is just with Disney World again. I, you know, I'm so entrenched in that world. And I do think there's a lot more planning that goes into a Disney World vacation. Um, and I didn't need to plan as much. And I'd heard that, but I guess I just didn't take that quite to heart. So yeah, there were there were several things on my packing list that I purchased specifically for the cruise and took and didn't ever use. Um, I would say the number one thing around that was related to storage. I had bathroom hangers and closet extra shelving units for the closet and had all that. And it's all collapsible and travels easily and all that. So it wasn't a big deal, but we didn't need any of it. There was plenty Mm -hmm. of space. They had hooks in the bathroom that I could clip my little personal carrier to that had all of my toiletries in it. So I didn't need to even unpack that. It could just hang right there in the bathroom. There was plenty of room in the closet. And again, we have a large family. There are seven of us and my kids are all big. They're teenagers and adults (laughs) now. So I, you know, I, I was nervous about the drawer space thing and all that, but we were fine. There was plenty of room. So I was really thankful to see all the nooks and crannies that Disney had thought of, of places that mm-hmm. we could keep our things um, safely stored away and tidy. And so I did not need those kinds of things at all. Awesome. Any other things that you, you know, or sort of at the, on that list of, I need to bring this, and then you didn't really use it on board? Yeah. So another area was around snacks. I brought previous, uh, we brought popcorn buckets for refills. Mm -hmm. We never even waited in a line. There were lines every night. And and again, we have older children. So we were off doing things and then we'd show up, you know, 10, 15 minutes before the show and find a seat and sit down. So we didn't need any popcorn at all. So those went unused. I had purchased like movie candy and brought that with us. And we just would forget. Plus, plus you're eating so much food anyway. It's not like we yeah. were hungry. 
to sit through a 45 minute show. We probably just had a snack and then we were going to eat dinner afterwards. So we didn't, we were not hungry. Um, I brought ice cream toppings and bowls and spoons for the soft serve. And we never used that. We just used the little cone and we're fine with that. So just that kind of thing. I had all these, you know, that that I thought could be fun. And and, and maybe if that's your thing and that's something that's important to you, bring those. But I brought it all and never touched it. <laughs> I, I want to talk about ice, the ice cream toppings for a second, because I, I always think this is a really cute idea for a fish extender gift, by the way. I do think that a lot of people will do that for like a kid's fish extender exchange. Um, ice cream toppings with maybe a cup and a spoon, I think is a really cute idea. I But I agree with you. I, I To me, for me, someone who doesn't actually like toppings on my ice cream, it is a totally <laughs> unnecessary thing. And I'm happy with a cone. And if I don't want to eat a cone, I'll just I can get a go get a soda cup and put have them put my ice cream in the soda cup. So for me, yeah. totally useless. On the the candy front and the popcorn front, I am with you with one exception because I had this very same question asked to me just the other day from a friend who was traveling there. They're actually headed today, I believe, or maybe it's tomorrow, but out of Miami on the transatlantic going across to Europe. And they asked me, do I need to bring a popcorn bucket for popcorn? Sam, you, you, defi- you define need very differently than most. Well, no, no, no. I said, going, if going, you I, are, I, said, <laughs> I said, if you are a popcorn aficionado, if you are somebody who loves to eat popcorn, then yes, you must bring your popcorn bucket with you because then you can get like $2 refills, right? Nothing is free on the Disney ship. You can't, I will say with one exception, if you're sailing concierge, you get free popcorn. But if you're not sailing included, concierge, you get included sorry. popcorn. Fair, <laughs> fair, included, not free. Yeah. You included that popcorn. Yeah, yes. Good, Many good, times very, over. Very, very good. Um, very good correction there, Brian. If Right. So I said, if you are a popcorn obsessed person like I am, yes, you must bring your popcorn bucket with you. And I would say one popcorn bucket for the family. If you are not a big popcorn person, save the room in your suitcase. You do not need to bring that popcorn bucket with you. That's what I would tell people. There is plenty. And to your point, Missy, there is so much to eat on board. I never am like needing candy. Uh, You can always like, you know, if you really want something, you can always like grab some cookies at lunch from Cabana's and take them back to your stateroom and have them later in the day. You can go get some antipasti at the Cove Cafe. You can order some room service. I mean, there's just food. Except on the wish. Can't get the antipasti at Cove Cafe. Oh, that's right. At Cove Cafe. That's right. Um, But you can order room service. (laughs) You can get pizza. You can, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of snacking foods. I will say that. So to your point, like if you want like chips and like crunchy stuff, there isn't a lot of that stuff available, but there's so much food on board. You really won't miss it. So I would agree. You do not need movie snacks. If you want to buy movie snacks, they have them where they sell popcorn right outside the theater and they are like a million dollars. So <laughs> they are <laughs> they are the cost of what it costs at like a, your regular movie theater. And they do have candy in the um, in Mickey's main sale. They have like the... Uh, gummies and Goofy's like Candy that. Company. Goofy's exactly Goofy's Candy Company. The stuff they sell in the parks. They don't have as big of a, an array of what they have in the parks, but they have you know some of those things. So uh, okay, so let's move to a, another topic. We've talked about popcorn and candy to my heart's content. Um, <laughs> but what are some things that maybe, on the other hand, you thought, oh, that's a you know, that's something I should put on my list. And then you did use it because we mentioned a couple of things you didn't use. Yeah. I do actually have a whole list of that. I would start with medication. Um, You're traveling, your tummy might feel a little upset just from all the food you're eating and things. So, you know, bring some over-the-counter tummy medicine. I brought a pharmacy with me. I brought cold medicine and tummy (laughs) medicine and, you know, Advil and Tylenol and all just all the things just in case. We hardly used any of it, but I liked knowing that it was there. I brought mm-hmm. um, some nausea medicine and some C-bands, um, things mm-hmm. just in case anybody had trouble with seasickness. We did not. So we were fine with that. Um, but I liked having it just in case. Mm-hmm. I would back up a little bit too. One thing, I, we travel a lot. I've never purchased packing cubes before. And I did mm-hmm. for the cruise and I really liked having them because 
I felt like I could sort and organize things based on, you know, here's our day clothes, here's our formal night stuff, here, you know, and, and kind of switch things up that way. I felt like packing cubes were actually helpful for the crews. So I had collapsible ones. They, you know, they, they were not hard. They, they would fold down soft and then you could unzip them and they expanded. So those were really great to have. Another packing kind of thing that I really liked having was a passport holder. And again, we're a big family. So there's seven of us. I really liked having one that held all of our passports. And that was just like our home base for anything important. So I included our passports in it, our check-in document. I had printed um, information about our travel insurance in case Mm -hmm. we needed it. So just any of that kind of important documentation, I kept in there and it zipped up and it was secure. And it just, I liked having it all in one spot. We have one of those and Brian carries it. And it also has our vaccine cards because we used to need that. We don't need them now for cruising, but we take them with us just for in case we need them. She's got our passports, our vaccine uh, cards, our, um, our Nexus cards we have in there as well, which are like global entry for anyone who lives on a border state. Um, you can get a Nexus card. So it's, it kind of operates like a passport card. But yeah, and we also always have our check-in documents, whatever um, the QR codes that you need for the cruise. I think that's that's all perfect. You want to have them all in one place. When you get to the port, you're ready to go. What's what's some what, maybe some other stuff that you thought was helpful to have with you? So one thing that people do on Disney cruises is they de- decorate their doors. So I mm-hmm. had printed a lot of personalized magnets. Um, and I brought along extra magnets to use along with those. And I just used those little neo neodymium or however you pronounce those um, little tiny, but really strong magnets. So I brought those. I brought some extra tape in case I had issues with anything falling off. We brought a dry erase board and a marker so that people could leave notes or we could leave notes to each other on the door if we needed to. Um, and then I had, we did not participate in fish extender, but I put a little bag on our fish extender just um, in case we needed to drop something off. And then it, people did put little pixie dusted gifts and things in there too. So that's one thing that I did read that I'm glad we had was all that mm-hmm. stuff. Again, not necessary. You can totally go without it and have a great time. But it was really fun to participate in all those kinds of things. I love your tip about magnets because I actually find one, not only is it nice to have your door decorated, but it, two, it also makes your door easier to find when you're walking down the hallway. And, <laughs> and you know, the hallways all look the same, really. And you're walking down these long hallways and you might pass right by your room, even if you know your room number. But if there is, you know, your magnets that you recognize, you are more likely to stop and not miss your room. And especially if you have younger kids, it's actually a really great way for them to recognize your door in case they don't remember your room number or they're a little bit confused at some point. So I love the idea of the door magnets. I also think a lot of people like to do the the sort of the whiteboard thing on the door. So magnetic whiteboard on the door, great to leave you know, each other messages, especially if you've got maybe um, somebody who doesn't have a smartphone or their smartphone, just the Mm -hmm. app isn't working or something. It's a great way to leave each other messages. And the pixie dust with the fish extender. So we have not participated in fish extender exchanges the last couple of cruises. And I still bring our fish extender with us and we get pixie dusted. Not every cruise, but we'll get like maybe some stickers or something. And I like to pixie dust other people. I don't pixie dust people unless they have something hanging there because otherwise I don't have any place to put it. So if you want to get pixie dusted, yeah, you need to have something hanging on your fish. So that's a great tip. You know, one of the things we love to talk about on this show besides Disney Cruise Line is Adventures by Disney or ABD. And our good friends and show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel have an amazing promotion going on right now. If you've been thinking about doing an Adventures by Disney trip, now is the time to take a look. So for any trips booked through My Path Unwinding, traveling after October 1st of 2023, they are giving you some exclusive rates on Adventures by Disney. And I mean exclusive to My Path Unwinding Travel. So they've got some discounts on Adventures by Disney. They're also giving out a backpack to each family. You can check that out in their Adventures by Disney and National Geographic Expeditions Facebook group. 
It's been very popular. It's an Adventures by Disney backpack that they are able to give out, one per family. And we should say, all of this is in addition to any promotional rates that Adventures by Disney is offering. You can stack all of this stuff, but you'll get all of these great extras along with the My Path Unwinding expertise in Adventures by Disney because they've taken quite a few of them. So if you are interested in exploring Adventures by Disney, finding out what these discounts are like, just exploring the opportunity to take an Adventures by Disney trip, then head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo so they know we sent you their way and let them know you're interested in Adventures by Disney trip and they will help you out. We love the folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thank you so, so much for sponsoring this show. Now back to our episode. So so we get a lot of questions about, should I participate as a first-time cruiser in the Fish Extender? I'm going to channel you for a second because I think we're of one mind on this. I would say, look, if this is your first and only time sailing Disney Cruise Line or you feel like it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing for you and your family and you may not go back or, you know, that kind of a, a moment for you and your family... Fish extenders are amazing. They are a lot of fun. They vary from group to group. I'll just say that. Like some people are a little more hardcore about fish extenders and what minimum prices you need to spend on things are and are homemade gifts allowed. But for the most part, it's a pretty friendly, flexible kind of thing. And it's just meant to be kind of a little, almost like secret Santa exchange on board just to kind of make people have that little piece of pixie dust or a little bit of pixie dust on on their cruise. Imagine just really small gifts, things that you can easily fit in luggage and bring on board and, you know, distribute out. Usually it's about 10 families or 10 cabins per kind of pixie dust group, and they'll do multiple of them. If you're a big craft beer drinker, you can do uh, craft beer fish extenders on board and people bring on, you know, some six packs of beer from their local brewery and they'll put one beer in each fish extender, that kind of thing. They do ornaments, magnet exchanges, recipe exchanges, all kinds of bespoke exchanges on board. They can be very fun. I will also just say, if you're a first-time cruiser, they can be, one, very overwhelming uh, because you got to figure out how do you get signed up for it? What are the rules around it? What am I going to bring? What are we going to make? We have to take the time to actually make it before your trip. Get it all packaged up. Have enough room in your luggage to get it on board. And then you're going to get a bunch of stuff that you then have to take home with you or at least make some decisions about uh, on board. And so it can be very fun, can also introduce a little bit of stress. So just sort of know thyself, know what you want to get out of the cruise. Uh, We have done them. We have not done them. We've hauled a bunch of stuff on board. We have not hauled a bunch of stuff on board. So just go out there, kind of look in your cruise group, figure it out a little bit. And I just say, you know, it's okay not to do it. You're not missing out yep. on some big thing on Disney Cruise Line if you don't do it. But if you participate, you also have a little fun too. So we've done it both ways. Missy, what are maybe some other things that you brought on board and or you, you decided that you were going to pack and you you use them? Pop-up hampers. They were wonderful. They, <laughs> they fit perfectly right in the closet. Um, and we could just throw all of our dirty clothes in there and didn't have to worry about them. And then it made packing up to go home super easy because we could just dump all of that into one of our suitcases and kind of reconsolidate things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on that, which is to say, if you are on a longer cruise, bring the pop-up hamper and bring laundry or detergent pods and maybe dryer sheets if, you, if you're somebody who uses dryer sheets. I love to do laundry on board. And that way I don't have a pile of laundry to do when we get home. And it also means I can cut down on our packing needs, at least on our, you know, casual clothes. So I bring pods. You can buy Tide laundry detergent on board. You can buy fabric softener on board as well. But I have sensitive skin. And so I like to bring what we, you know, use at home or something that is um, no dyes, no scents, all that kind of stuff. So I always bring my pop-up hamper and always bring that that laundry stuff. All right. What else, Missy? What else was yeah. really helpful? So I have a few tech things that we brought that were really helpful. One is a multi-port charger where we could mm-hmm. charge several phones at one time in one little plug. And it was really convenient that we could just use that. And then portable phone chargers as well that you could carry with you if you were going you know, like on our castaway key day, we um, we just took those with uh, us and knew that we wouldn't have to worry about running out of phone battery while we were away from the ship for the day. Yeah, that's a good idea. I want to put a plug in on the tech side for one other thing. The multi-port charger is a great thing. Uh, the other thing that I'll put a plug in for is if you happen to have a, I think it's a European plug adapter 
around your house. I wouldn't say necessarily run out and buy one just for this purpose. But if you have one because you've traveled over to Europe, bring it with you because they have European plugs in the stateroom and you can plug that in and get another outlet or two. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a great thing to have if you have it. I would not run out and buy one just for going on a cruise if you don't have any plans to travel to Europe. Mm -hmm. And a multi-USB, right? So um, the other thing, so just to be clear, you cannot bring a surge protector on board. They do have them if you need them and you can borrow one. You have to pay a deposit to borrow one from DCL, but you are not allowed to bring your own surge protector. But you can have a essentially a plug, this thing that plugs into a, a, a outlet that is a multi-USB that you can plug multiple cords into. So you're allowed those. Um, so just if you're bringing something like that, just make sure it's not also a surge protector. But that's another another good tech tip. I do like, Missy, your tip about a portable charger. Most people who go to the parks probably already have one. I think it's a great idea to bring with you for when you're out at port because you are not going to have places to plug in when you're out at port and you may be out all day and your battery may diminish, especially out in the in the heat. A couple other things. Um, spray bottle. I actually, I'd heard somebody talk about downy wrinkle release. I'm sure it's a fantastic product, but it's not great for traveling. There's no lock on it. So hmm. we had to like carry it separately and, and all that so that it didn't like engage and squirt all of our stuff. So I would just bring a regular plastic spray bottle that you can fill with water to help get some wrinkles out of your clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no irons or steamers in the rooms. I believe there are some in the laundry room that you can use, but yeah, just irons. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just wanted something to squirt down our clothes when we got there and hung them up in the closet. So I just squirted everything down, put it in the closet, and we didn't really have any issues with wrinkles or anything while we were there. So that was great. So the food idea that I was talking about before, we brought some wine with us. I brought, um, I purchased some really cute, like a Mickey and a mini tumbler for wine for Jason and I to have together. And then we brought uh, an opener, a wine bottle opener with us. Watching the sunset on our veranda with our cute little Mickey and mini wine tumblers was the perfect Aww. way to end our Castaway Key Day. So that was something that we used and loved having. Oh, so awesome. A question we get a lot is about the can I bring beer, wine, and alcohol on board? And so I will once again give my condensed spiel on this. So (laughs) the answer is yes, as to beer and wine, you cannot bring hard alcohol on board. You can purchase hard alcohol in port as a souvenir, but when you bring it back on, it will be confiscated and held until the end of the cruise. So you can't drink that great bottle of rum that you just got from the Bacardi distillery on board. You have to wait until you get home. If you want to bring beer and wine on board, you're allowed to bring two bottles of wine or one six-pack of beer per guest over the age of 21 in the stateroom, and that is per port. So that doesn't mean that you can drag, if you're going to three ports, it doesn't mean you can drag three six-packs of beer on at Port Canaveral. What it means is you can bring your one six-pack or two bottles of wine per guest over the age of 21. But if you happen to drink through that or whatnot, and you want to, and you're stopping at a port and you want to pick up another six pack of beer, you can bring that back on. And actually, you don't really have to wait till you've drunk through. You can just, in each port, you're allowed to bring that on. <laughs> Again, guests over 21, one six pack of beer, two bottles of wine. Technically, you're supposed to drink it in your stateroom. The reality is if you pour yourself a glass of wine and leave your stateroom and start to wander about the ship before dinner, no one's going to take it away from you. They have no idea whether you got it at a bar or whether you poured it out in your room. You need a bottle opener or a corkscrew. You can ask your stateroom attendant to bring you one. And there should be some wine glasses in the room if you want to use those. And uh, as always, have refrigerators for things like beer and wine in the stateroom as well. Usually they'll fit. So anyway, that's the deal with bringing beer and wine on board Disney Cruise Line. We do it all the time, actually, for dinner. Uh, We have some nice wine here at home that we really don't get a chance to drink throughout the week. And so we'll usually grab a couple bottles and bring it with us and bring it to dinner. And if we're eating with other folks, we'll share it with them as well. You do pay corkage in the dining rooms or in the adult restaurants, meaning you pay a corkage fee. Um, But as Brian mentioned, if you decide you want to bring it to dinner, just pour it into a glass and bring it with you in the glass if you don't want to pay that corkage fee. But if you don't mind paying the corkage fee or you want them to decant it for you, then you'll pay that corkage fee. So Yeah, and I think the fee is at like, $20 $20 a bottle right now or something like that, it's which 25, 25, I think it's 25, yeah. which yeah. compared to what you're going to pay for a bottle of wine on Disney cruise line, you're coming out ahead on the corkage fee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, cash, bring some cash with you and bring a variety of bills. We use some cash to pay tips for our Porter, for our cabana host. And then at the end of the trip, you get these little envelopes that you can provide the people who have taken great care of you all 
throughout the cruise. And we had prepaid our, our gratuities, but we did put some extra cash into those to tell our servers and our room attendant, thank you. So yeah, that's a great one. Um, you also room service. So room service uh, deliveries, oh, yes. you want to if you want to tip them, I think the only way you can tip them is actually in cash. So um, you'll want maybe a couple of $5 bills. If, if you're somebody who orders a lot of room service, for sure, you'll want to have cash with you for that. Yeah. And I should also call out if you don't have cash and you want to leave tips for folks who your stateroom hosts, the folks who you get the envelopes for at the end of the cruise, you can go to guest services and ask them to print what's called a tip adjustment form. And you can just write on there the new tips that you want to leave for folks. And they will add that to your onboard account uh, on the last night and charge that off to whatever form of payment you have associated with your room. So you can you can use the tip adjustment form if you don't uh, want to bring a bunch of cash on board as well. Two other helpful clothing kinds of tips that I um, had read ahead of time. Bring some layers. It can get a little chilly oh, yes. indoors with the air conditioning sometimes. I am always cold. So I would I always had a sweater or a sweatshirt or something with me. Um, and then comfy shoes that can get wet. So, you know, some flip-flops or just something as you're walking around the pool deck and going to your room, make sure that you've got shoes that are okay to go through the pool area and all that. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. We, I've always got my flip-flops for myself. Brian has his flip-flops and we have Nathan's flip-flops. We also bring goggles for Nathan. He's quite sensitive to salt water and chlorine and that stuff um, on the ships and on and in the ports. It, the salt water is kind of salty, so he really does need those goggles to get by. So yeah, I think those are some great tips as well. One thing I, I want to mention, a lot of people say this on various blogs, which are Tervis cups. That's one, you know, or, or any kind of w water bottle cup type thing, because the cups on the pool deck are quite small. And if that's if you drink a lot of soda, you know, and you don't want to go back to the to the machine like 12 times, you might want to bring a bigger cup. I will say I don't end up really ever using a Tervis cup, even if I bring one. Um, but it is something that Brian tends to use quite often. So it, I think know thyself with regard to that. But a lot of people do like that. It's not something I find that useful. But I, I think that's one one tip I would would add to Missy's list. Brian, anything that you have thought of that we haven't talked about? And we like to bring some magnetic hooks. Now, there are yeah. places in the room that you can hang things on, but there are only a few of them, right? Depending upon yeah. your room category. And so we like to have a few more for our lanyards. And when we were wearing masks on board, we would hang our, you know, we had hooks that had our masks on them on lanyards, hooks that had our lanyards, hooks that had our like baseball caps and day bags and things like that. And then of course your wet bathing suits. I mean, you can put in the bathroom, there is always a clothesline to put your wet stuff on, but even with a family of three, we can't fit all of our wet stuff onto one clothesline if we're wearing uh, rash guards as well as our bathing suits. So yeah, so just a couple of things like that. Yeah, and we were celebrating some birthdays, so we you mm -hmm. can even use those hooks on the ceiling. So I brought some like little festive decor things and could hang oh, them from the ceiling for the birthday. So we definitely use the magnet hooks for sure. A few other things that I brought that yeah, I'm not sure I really needed the waterproof lanyards. Mm. We never used. I could see a time maybe when somebody would. So again, know thyself if you are planning to do a lot of water activities and want to be able to keep your cell phone with you. Great. But just for room key purposes, and I know now they have the, and I'm going to mess up the name. It's not Magic Band Plus, but it's similar to that. But Disney um, Band if you're Plus. just going to use it for Disney Band Plus. So yes, if but if you're just going to use it for a room key, you do not need that big giant waterproof like it's too big cumbersome to feel for just your key so no um, if you're going to like atlantis or something like that for a full right. day where you're doing a lot of water sports that's probably helpful but if you're just going to like castaway key and walking around the ship you don't need that i agree with you um i brought some quick drying towels you know like swimmers and divers use just to, i i didn't know i didn't need them never used them there were plenty of towels all over the place T same towel clips i brought those mm -hmm. but I feel like all the chairs, you could just like kind of, there was a spot at the top you could kind of tuck your towel into. 
We yep. never had an issue, but I know it can get windy on, on deck. So I, I'm sure there have been times where it's useful. It's just something for us, again, with seven people, I, it was like a, a box, a, a full box of these towel clips that we never used. So um, that was wasted space in my suitcase. And then nightlight for the bathroom. There were no plugs in there, so we couldn't plug anything in, but we had brought them just in case. So Yes. So if you want an other than so the Wish has built in nightlight, so you don't need them there. But the other ships, you need a battery powered nightlight. That's that is one thing. So if you want a nightlight for the if you have young kids and they don't like the dark, then definitely a plug in nightlight in the main area of the room, but maybe a battery powered nightlight for the bathroom. So I say that because the rooms do get right. quite dark at night. Um, and it's not like they you can do. leave one light on. Yeah. So because I brought plug-in nightlights that I couldn't use, I did have some glow sticks with me because they, they're just fun. And I always take glow sticks to the parks too. Um, <laughs> so I busted up a couple of the glow sticks and put them on the floor, like right in front of the bathroom doors, just in case somebody needed to find their way in the middle of the night. Oh, perfect. I like that. That's actually a really good one. All right. Um, Missy, have, is there anything else that we've missed? I, you have, I love that you are a list person. Brian is a big list person as well. Anything that we've missed talking about that you think would be helpful for somebody else uh, who might be thinking, oh, I got a pack for my Disney cruise? I think that's, we've covered most of the things that were on my list. I brought some thank you notes with me that I didn't need. Again, they provide the envelopes and we had, we had a relationship with the people at that point. So we just told them in person and wrote a note on the little envelope. But yeah, I think my, my main takeaway is just you can relax. It's a Disney cruise, which is just so much more relaxing. And you probably don't need to think of all the bazillion little things that you might need. Just go and have fun and enjoy. And Brian, is there anything that you can think of or anything you want to cover with regard to packing that we maybe haven't touched on? Yeah, I had a couple of things just really fast. So one is I just want to echo what you said about the Tervis cup thing. I always bring one. I never use one. So uh, I know yourself. I guess that's one of the other points I want to cover. Know yourself. If you know you're going to use it, great. I'm not telling anyone don't bring it. I'm just saying lots of people out there are like must bring Tervis mug. I really I just really don't use them all that much. So just highlighting that is one thing that I've packed many times and not really used a ton. If you're not going to get a Disney Band Plus and they're not available on all ships yet, in fact, they're not available on any ships yet, but they're coming, and you don't like fishing your key card out of the key holder that uh, they provide you if you're a Castaway Club member, I love... If you're familiar with the workplace, <laughs> if you work in a place with a badge, and a lot of them have like quick release badge holders, these like plastic card holders that you can slide your badge in and out of really fast. Uh, I bought some of those on Amazon for really cheap. I have them sitting around and I, I just take one with me when we're on the cruise and I put my key to the world card in that so that when the server needs it, I can just slide it out really fast and hand it to them. I don't have to give them over my whole lanyard, uh, which is another tip for folks, first timers, they don't give you lanyards on board. So if you want a way to carry your key to the world card around your neck, you're going to have to bring some kind of lanyard or you will just have to put it in your pocket or your bag or whatnot. So just know they don't supply them. You either have to purchase them on board or purchase them in advance. Uh, but I do love the quick access uh, key card holder. And that is in the article that we have on our blog or one of those is. I think the biggest thing that I bring on board that I use all the time is a backpack. And I don't mean like the kind of heavy school backpack or work backpack that people might use. I have a Cotopaxi like packable backpack. It's thin ripstop material. It's great to just like throw my Kindle in and a few other things when I'm heading to the pool. Uh, I'm not concerned about it getting you know a little wet or whatever. It's not heavy. Uh, it's like mine version is like bright orange. I can spot it anywhere that it is. <laughs> and so um, I love it because it just rolls up in my suitcase or folds flat in my suitcase. And then when I'm on the ship, I can grab it. Uh, they used to give you know sling bags as the Castaway Club gift for those coming back on board. They stopped doing it. And so I've started packing my Cotopaxi backpack again. You can find these kinds of things just for like a packable backpack. I love having one to carry all my stuff on a Castaway Key or if we're going on a short excursion, I just think it's a great way to go. So, Or you can purchase a DCL Duo tote bag on oh, our <laughs> site, <laughs> which I carry, which I carry on every time. Uh, when we're going to Castaway or going to the pool deck, I actually don't carry a backpack. Um, or now there are Castaway Club. You're getting a tote bag now if you're a member of the Castaway Club um, at all levels, I believe. So silver and up, um, you can you will actually get a Castaway Club tote bag. So that's another thing. You don't necessarily have to bring a backpack if you are fine with carrying a tote bag. Although a backpack is easier on the back than a tote bag on one shoulder. 
Yeah, which leads me to my last tip as we wrap up, which is just you're going to get stuff on board if you're a Castaway Club member or not. You will probably buy T-shirts, souvenirs, whatever. I think a consistent tip we've given on this show is leave room in your luggage to take things home. And uh, (laughs) if you need a quick way to do that, let's say you're traveling over to Europe uh, for a cruise and you know you're going to be coming back with a lot of souvenirs. Like The best tip that we've gotten over the years and that we still use ourselves is we have suitcases that nest within one another. Uh, So we use away luggage a lot. We also have those American tourist or suitcases decorated like Mickey and Minnie. And um, we're recently bought some trunk luggage that we we really like that's wheelable. Uh, but when we take our away suitcases, they nest inside of each other. And so sometimes what we will do is pack a medium-sized suitcase. If we know we're going to check our luggage, we'll pack a medium-sized suitcase. We will nest it in a large suitcase and then check the large suitcase with the medium-sized suitcase checked inside. And that way, when we get to our destination, we pull the medium-sized suitcase yeah. out. And guess what? We've got the entire large suitcase available to us to bring home uh, souvenirs. And so that has come in very handy on things like the Maiden Voyage of the Wish or when we've traveled over to Europe and we've got like a ton of stuff to bring back. So just be sure to leave room for souvenirs. Mickey knows how to get your money separated from you very quickly (laughs) in that regard. And you will be bringing things home. And I find that people think, oh, I can always squeeze in a t-shirt, but you're not going to squeeze in like the 10 t-shirts you just got. So anyway. Right. And then you only pay an extra maybe luggage fee on the way home if if you only get maybe one free checked bag and so now you're going to you know, check check two bags, but only on the way home. So we have seen more people than I care to admit trying to buy luggage on board a Disney Cruise Line. Do not be Whoa. the person who's trying to buy a piece of luggage on board because well, let me tell you, that's some expensive luggage and it's not always the best. So anyway. With that, Missy, I do appreciate you coming on, sharing all these wonderful packing tips with our audience. So thanks for participating in that discussion with us and sharing all your tips. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.